Stephen King's from lives in Boston, by the way. Oh, does he? Yeah, Brian at work said he saw him recently. That's cool. Like walking down the street. He's he's from Maine. That's where all his stories take place. And um, my parents went to Salem while they were here, uh, and so that was actually like super cool. And like the Witch Trials Museum was awesome, and like. People put, will like go to the cemetery where like the witches who are burned are buried and will like leave weird notes and stuff like that. It sounds like really creepy. Oh, I, we kind of we kind of want to go for Halloween just well, to like. Are you? I was gonna say, are you gonna do anything around Halloween there? Well, so Halloween I think is like on a Tuesday, so I don't like. It's about forty five minutes away, and I'm sure it's like crazy packed on Halloween. Um, so maybe the weekend before. Yeah, but like maybe go do something around that would be really cool. Yeah. Maybe yeah. That would be so cool. Go do some uh, research from Kevin. Find out about those witches. <laughs> uh, okay, awesome. So, obviously, we have all sorts of awesome stuff to talk about. I have one more discussion question I wanted to type cool. in. Cool. That's good quick. that you have that because I, I don't. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Um, but I'm ready to start whenever you are. <clears throat> Sounds good. <clears throat> Wait. <laughs> Get that in now. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> I am now ready. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host... Chris Husted, we've uh, made it to episode two. Episode two, which I think is called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Pretty fitting, I would say. Yeah, do you remember that show, Are You Afraid of the Dark, on Nickelodeon? Do I remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, that show is the best. Oh, yeah. I was scared of it. Remember the match in the beginning, or the, the title sequence? Oh, yeah. What was the thing they would say? I submit this to the Midnight Society... Yeah, powder on the fire. So good. Maybe tell a story. That was good. Uh, I always wish that I had friends that had like couches in a graveyard that we could go sit and tell horror stories. Whew. Nothing ever that cool. That show was awesome. The show was also awesome. <laughs> um, welcome everybody to the show. Um, as always, uh, we invite you to check us out on Facebook at thisamericanhorrorstory.com and to email us your questions and different things at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. And man, did we get some awesome uh, interactions and theories and all sorts of things going over the past week. I loved all the fears that everybody went ahead and posted on uh, the episode comments from last week's episode. I learned about some really interesting phobias and different fears. Um I had to go look some things up, which was really cool. So that was a, that was a blast. Glad we could get some kind of community stuff going there. And I haven't been saying this lately, uh, but it's important. Please rate us and review us on iTunes. Um, you know, give us an honest critique. We appreciate that. We're just uh, semi amateurs looking to uh, keep things going. When do we become semi pro? Semi pro. We get paid to do this. Triple A, double A. Um, and considering all those comments and all the other stuff on Facebook and uh, through email, there was some, actually some really cool different things we had come through. Uh, a few of them I want to touch on in the beginning because they weren't necessarily related to this episode, but 
different definitely things I wanted to point out. Hit me. Um, Luke emailed us to tell us that Rick Springfield, um, who we had gotten insider info, was maybe going to appear in this season. It will not be his first turn as kind of a creepy character in a show because he played a creepy doctor in True Detective Season 2. Which probably a lot of people don't know because a lot of people did not watch season two, but I did, so I know the creepy doctor that he played. So go look it up. Um, he was like, he managed some kind of weird. He was a member of some kind of culty seventies uh, Los Angeles kind of thing. Yeah. Did you watch season two of Two Detective? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. No, I don't remember. If you Google it, you'll know. You'll you'll be like, oh, that's him. That dude. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We have had lots of speculation on the Kai-Winter relationship, and I want to talk a lot about Winter and Kai uh, later in this episode. But um, we had Aaron uh, on Facebook or email, I can't remember which, and a couple other people comment that uh, or had theories about what their relationship was in terms of kind of how the cult was formed. I'm specifically talking about maybe like them having some sort of bet on the election and whoever right. you know whoever won the election that was going to inform the type of cult they had so maybe had you know Hillary won the election then it would have been a more positive themed cult of some kind that would have been led by Winter and Kai would have been kind of forced to be the disciple instead of the other way around mm-hmm. i'm sure we'll continue to learn more about kind of what that setup is cuz obviously you know the inter- interactions lead to a lot of questions but i thought that was kind of a good theory um Eric pointed out that we have had uh, in Hotel, American Horror Story Hotel, there's actually a lot of politically themed hints that were maybe, you know, we talked last episode about what Ryan Murphy's motivations were when he decided that this was going to be, um, you know, the theme for this season or what exactly that was going to look like. And obviously it didn't really take form until after the 2016 election. But it's possible that maybe he wanted to play in some kind of political theme for some time. In Hotel, there was references like um, a Strange House of Cards reference in Episode 2. There's a time where Tristan, who was um, Finn Wittrock's character, kind of out of nowhere mentions Hillary Clinton. Um, There was a time where there was like a really obvious cut of a computer screen that had a picture of President Obama on it. So there was maybe kind of hints that they were. I think at the time we had speculated that there was going to be maybe some kind of White House themed episode with all the like haunted lore and stuff like that from there. But maybe that was just kind of a medium he had been wanting to play in and figuring politics into something. And this was kind right. of the manifestation it eventually took. I think that's more likely. Yeah, but that's pretty pretty um, attentive viewing there. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the other one I wanted to say is: Have you seen the movie Repulsion, Roman Polanski's first American language film? I did not, know. Tell me about it. Uh, Jesus, well, so I haven't actually seen it, but Jesus pointed out that um, he kind of directed me toward this, so I was look, reading up on it a little bit. Um, so the plot focuses on a young woman who is left alone by her vacationing sister at their apartment and begins reliving traumas of her past in a horrific way. And I think Jesus was kind of referencing this in terms of Ali uh, and saying that there was drawing some similarities there. And I think that you know even gets brought out potentially more in this episode when we dive even deeper into kind of her neuroses and her phobias. Right. So, some fascinating stuff to talk about. So, I'm excited to dig into Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Good job, uh, everyone. Before we begin, yeah, thanks for thanks for reaching out. We really appreciate it. Before we begin, we got to ask you uh, what you're drinking, so that way we can kind of get in, in the mood. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, apologies ahead of time to our listeners. I am, as Tyler knows, on 
day one of a cold most likely so I'm trying to kick it because I got a lot of stuff to do this week and next week um, I have uh, some refreshing peppermint tea <laughs> so lame I know what kind of tea but but it's peppermint and it's non-caffeinated because I need to sleep tonight um, mm. but I'm still like you know thinking about dropping a little vodka in here maybe some schnapps I'm not sure we'll see uh, what are you drinking Tyler daring uh, I had a buddy of mine send me a um, care package from back in Cincinnati full of Cincinnati beer. So I'm having I one saw of that on, was that on Instagram or Facebook you put it on? I put something on Instagram. That was really nice. You know, Yeah, that's good cool. to have that good was, friends. Nice. Good job, friend. Yeah. Uh, now, I want to talk about the cold open of this episode. We always want to talk about the cold open. <laughs> um, this was interesting to me, and I think I had some immediate questions about, well... I'll explain in a moment. We've gotten some theories about Ivy. Um, we've talked about, in last episode, the potential of Allie being gaslighted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we threw out some potential things, you know, maybe, and we had some theories that maybe Ivy was somehow involved in this. Um, it was interesting to me that Ivy so suddenly believed that Al- that there was a ghost, in, or, excuse me, that there was a clown in the house after, after not pretty much being... Yeah, the whole time right. last episode. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Allie wakes up, is face-to-face with the clown, runs downstairs, and all of a sudden, Ivy's perfectly, you know, she's ready to believe her, pulls out a knife, and they tiptoe upstairs. Did that strike you as a little bit odd? It was odd to me because it's like, we've already gone over this ground, we covered this last episode, we don't need to do the whole, like, I believe you, and then it happened again and again and again, and be like, okay, maybe you're just hallucinating. So, I, I don't know why she believed her this time. It Maybe to remind us briefly that Allie's someone we should trust. I mean, sorry, Ivy is someone we should trust um, and who's really her heart's in the right place. And she really wants her wife um, to get the help she needs mentally. But um, I don't know. I I think at this point I was annoyed because I was like, we got it. We got it. No one else can see these clowns except for Allie. So my reaction was more... I feel like I'm like a conspiracy theorist on this season right now, maybe because we're talking about conspiracy theories and don't know what the truth is and all this kind of You're stuff. You're getting sucked but, into the, uh, to the, uh, to the cult, dude. I'm getting sucked into it. I think that Ivy has something to do with this. Uh, you know, the fact that she was all of a sudden ready to believe so quickly was interesting, like kind of out of character for me from what we'd seen. Last you episode, know, yeah. every situation, so many of the situations where, you know, Allie sees the clowns or whatever are almost are kind of in a way facilitated by Ivy. Thinking about when she at the restaurant last episode opens the tray and there's kind of some kind of weird, you know, the bleeding food in it, or you know, Ivy's Ivy's gone here or she's gone there, and that's when something happens. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little bit coincidental, um, and there's a lot of red flags. Uh, we also had Amy point out on Facebook that in past seasons, there's been a number of times when a character has been thought to be crazy or acting crazy, and they almost always are uh, end up actually, yeah, they end, end up being vindicated. Um, for example, uh, Connie Britton's character in season one ends up being, you know, about Rubber Man, because everyone thinks that's a hallucination. Turns out it's a real thing. Um, <clears throat> I will say, though, I will say, 
the other side of this, the optimistic side of this for Ivy being a good character is she's really just trying to believe her wife as much as she can. And so she's going to go for it. She's like, okay, maybe there is someone. Get behind me. Let's go do this together. That is true. I do have more on this later. I do too. Uh, I also... <laughs> I also like the line that in here that was, you know, I think that Allie kicks it off by saying, like, I don't know what's real anymore. And that seemed like the thesis statement to me for the rest of this episode was, like, the shifting... I mean, maybe that's for the whole season. The shifting sense of truth and not knowing what's real and what's not. Because um, as an audience, we don't know what's real and what's not. Really. Right. And it's really Although, frustrating. That was an issue we had the first episode. Right. Although I feel like things are getting a little more concrete following this episode. Um, um, and then that, obviously, on. well, go ahead. I was going to say that was followed up by the then the, like the Oz thing with his um, right night terror, you know. Right. And so that was kind of example. Clown hallucinations exactly for everyone. A bit of a shining moment there too, with like the clown, him in the bathtub, and like, well, these are two separate things, but uh, the bathtub scene or him in hiding in the bathtub, but also the clown like busting through the door. Right. Right. Yeah. And then when the you know when he uh, we obviously realized it was a dream. Um, and his mom's come in and uh, Allie tries to comfort and console Oz, um, Ozzy. Um, he's like, I want mom and goes to Ivy for a hug instead. And you could see, I don't know if you caught that read on Allie's face where there's just a tinge of hurt and perhaps even a little jealousy there um, to kind of fan the flame of an unhappy marriage that we've already seen signs of last episode. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, let's let's come back to that because I have I have more on that. But right now, I want to talk about Billy Eichner and Leslie Grossman, <laughs> aka Harrison and Meadow, um, <laughs> who just happened to be there to film the incident that happened to Kai, and also move in across the street uh, from Allie and Ivy in a house that has a bunch of strange barrels in the garage. Right. First question for you: What's in those barrels? Give it a go. I mean, yes. if we've ever seen uh, uh, any show that has drug dealers in it, we know that it's probably to use. They're used to decompose bodies, <laughs> right? I mean, I think of uh, Breaking Bad or um, um, just recently Ozarks, uh, where that's where you put bodies. You fill them up with some chemicals and the bodies disappear so that was one thought um that's all i really got past because they started getting really funny so i didn't think more about the barrels too much what did you think were in them honey that was uh i i don't know if that was supposed to be the implication with him like walking around in his beekeepers thing in the garage with those um but i definitely was thinking in terms of some kind of hazardous like biohazardous chemical. chemical warfare type thing. Uh, I mean, like bioterrorism. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't. You know, it's interesting. What you know, thinking about it, like, why did he give her a candle? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there seems like there might be something. Maybe there's something that they're like pumping into the air. Yeah, or, you know, we also there was also a very obvious scene where we see Winter pouring in bath salts into the bath for mm-hmm. Allie, for instance, and stuff like that. Like, maybe they're giving <laughs> her some perceptive. kind of, maybe they're giving her some kind I don't know, feeding her some kind of drug that's, like, messing with her perceptions or something like that. That's one theory. Um, but that's a good that theory. But there's also, I think yours is good, too, about the decomposing bodies. Uh, 
and that is not the Grizzles last Breaking Bad reference you will hear in this episode. But also, uh, why would they, they be so that. obvious when they're moving in to like roll barrels into their, you know, so openly? Well, it seems like they're very, um, at least on the surface, upfront people, and they're clearly trying to mess with Allie to some degree. Right. Um, they are very interesting character. They're characters, though. I want to hear more about your first impressions and what's going on with them in their weird house. Mm. Oh, and their relationship. Talk about their relationship, too, man. Right, right. So, I mean, initially, like, Billy Eichner, if people don't know, like, he's fairly, you know, upfront about his um, sexuality. He's a gay man, and he's a really funny comedian. Um, And at first, I was like, I don't know if he's really selling me on the straight married guy thing here. Uh, But I didn't want to judge it. And, like, you know, there's different ranges of femininity in men who are straight or bisexual, whatever. Um, but then when they talk about their arrangement, which it really is an arrangement, um, they were, they've been friends for a long time, college or high school, I can't remember. And they decided, uh, they made a pact when they were 35, if they hadn't found anyone that they would marry each other. And, uh, so they did. Um, and it's a good arrangement because, um, is it Meadow? Meadow. Right. Yeah, Meadow and Harrison. Meadow, okay. Meadow um, allows Harrison one one trip a week to Detroit. Is it um, to uh, go do what he wants to do, so long as he takes his prep medication, which is like um, HIV prevention um, medication. That's what that true uh, Truvada is. Um, and then she uh, doesn't like to be touched anyway because she gets skin cancer if she's out in the sun for too long. So it's like the perfect arrangement. Um, they had some them. strange quirks, yeah, yeah, and and I, I you know, and they obviously they have um, uh, beehives that they keep in the back of their house. That's the, originally what um, what uh, Allie and Ivy ran over and saw Ozzy looking at. Um, which they they've had so many issues with um, winter. By the way, I, I'm surprised they haven't fired her yet. <laughs> for as for as um, controlling as they are, they're like um, winter just keeps doing whatever she wants to do with the kid. Anyway, back to the um, Wiltons, <laughs> which is funny. Um, they're funny. I think they're the great co- comic relief uh, for the season so far because Billy Ackner's great, and then Leslie Grossman's pretty funny too. They're very matter of fact. They're very frank, and they they appreciate being upfront and not uh, hiding things. Uh, and they're oddly specific, like with their Nicole Kidman fan club. I feel like we, you know, they, we have they're the Michigan chapter presidents or co-presidents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we might have a spinoff there with them as a is that could be the comedy version of American Horror Story. Uh, I'm curious to see though if we if Billy Eichner can be scary. I think that is is yet to be determined because right. I think we're kind of hinting that potentially they're members of the you know we don't know if they're members of the clown cult or if they're just somehow involved. There's kind of hints at that when they talk about not being easily scared. That kind of harkens back to it's, Kai's speech that he gave to the city council about right. those people being kind of the alpha people who aren't scared by things. Also interesting that you you know here they are they're kind of gun you know Second Amendment. Um, enthusiasts but at the same time they kind of are you know they they trumpet some liberal virtues kind of too so it's not sure it's not clear to me if they're fake liberals or what the case is exactly um 
They talk about some things like foreclosure and bankruptcy having been in their past, which I think is interesting because that's one of the things that's often discussed about the uh, the group of you know the white working class, which is obviously a group that's been discussed awful lot in terms of the last year's election. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found myself yeah thinking about them a lot, like if they whether or not they were actually part of this clown crew. Yeah, so that was entertaining. Well, I mean that you you answer the question I wanted to ask, which is what's your read on these new neighbors? I mean, clearly they're involved, and I think that yeah. um, we d- we don't know to what extent yet, um, or how long they'll live, or uh, any any of these things. How involved they are, I guess. Um, but I'm curious to see. I think they were fun characters. They're very quirky. One of my favorite moments in this interaction when they run to the backyard and hang out with them there, and then they hang out at the house a little bit. Um, that the that Harrison and Meadow say, well, as soon as we saw what happened on the TV, we immediately called um, the owners to see uh, if they were willing to sell. And Allie goes, the Changs were renters? Like, in a very judgy way that they didn't own the home, they were renting. Well, totally. And I honestly, I think that that is one of the things that this episode does really well. Like, And I, I think that we could, you know, we can point more things out later as we go on but they're pa- I mean it seems like part of Kai's strategy is painting Allie as a hypocrite basically mm-hmm. um, demonstrating how this you know so you know so upset over the election of Trump and everything is maybe not as virtuous and um, open-hearted and all these things as she kind of portrays outwardly to be. Uh, portrays herself yeah definitely uh, let's let's talk about Pedro Poor Pedro. Oh. Uh, if anybody gets screwed over this episode, it was Pedro. Yeah, so far, uh, any, anyone who has any Hispanic heritage or Latino heritage seems to not be doing so well. Right, and we obviously have the division that kind of starts in the kitchen uh, and gets played out when Allie goes to investigate the alarm and finds the sous chef uh, hanging in the butchery freezer um which i thought was actually yeah in the cold case um which was i thought that was a creepy scene uh well done i film wise i disagree with you actually i wrote i i I was watching i was like okay here we go also maybe the stakes weren't there for me because i assumed it was gonna be another hallucination of hers or something that would be like oh no i saw this and people like that wasn't there and then i was like all right um, but the way I was paying very close attention to what was going to happen and the way that the camera kind of came around one of the um, carcasses of, I'm assuming it was either a cow or a pig. I didn't look closely enough. Um, and then all of a sudden she starts backing up and it's a body there. I was like, all right, that wasn't there before. I don't, I, I think this could have been shot a little better. And, and, and again, I'm being picky on it. Like I, it still like was effective. I don't know. I don't want to be too rude because it was good, but it just, I was kind of like, meh, all right. No, it's good to be critical sometimes. I, I see what you're saying. I think that I enjoyed, I think, I was like, I, I was into the lighting of it and that kind of stuff, and I think that was that's cool, just yeah. a creepy setting, but I, I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, I also should, enjoy that their their restaurant is called The Butchery or whatever, yeah, which is kind on of... Main. P- the butchery is, on Main. Know, with, people, with, people, with people getting <laughs> butchered, that's kind of, I, I don't know, I totally. enjoy that as well. Um, I meant to mention this earlier, but Liza Johnson is the director for this episode. I'm assuming it's pronounced Liza. Maybe it's Lisa. But um, 
first time director for American Horror Story, so that's pretty cool. That's yeah, why I don't I want to knock her too hard. That was really it was still a cool scene. <laughs> yeah, I think she, I think overall she did a good job. Yeah, um, I don't feel like I noticed as much as I sometimes do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean that was kind of different. That was kind I of like fitting it. with the plot for this episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh, especially um, the bathtub scene. <sighs> So one thing that I was con- like, why do you think they included the part about Allie being the one who accidentally killed the sous chef? Like, af- you know, the part where she's talking to Dr. Rudy and she says that he was still alive and she was the one that killed him. Why did yeah. that get- detail get thrown in there? I don't know. Um, it's frustrating, too, because we already know she's um, kind of a hard to believe character. We don't know what she actually sees or if she really is seeing these things. Because it's not always um, um, believed by other people, I guess. So I don't know why we have to know that he was alive and then she, and then he died while she tried to save him. I'm not really certain why that was necessary. Do you have Do you have an idea? No, and I. It was just. It seemed like something they intentionally inserted. Because right. I, I was, I, that's it was kind of seemed out of place for me, and that's why I like made a note of it. As I was asking myself, like, why is that? Why was that a necessary detail that he wasn't dead already, but she was the one who? I mean, it, it's the um, after that scene, it leads her to say something about how she was totally justified, in you know, uh, let me see if I, I wrote down the exact quote somewhere. Um, Let's see. There's something that Ali says. Oh, my phobias were an instinctive reaction to what I knew was true. She says this oh, when she's yeah. talking to Doctor Brody. When she's talking about and like her, I, I, in, like her body, like herself was like just like validating everything that happened. Right, and so she's using it as, ju- as a justification for all her fears, which I think is a really interesting, you know, other side of the coin to something that Winter says earlier in the episode, which was, you fi- to Oz, she says, you figure out what people want to believe in and you give it to them. I wrote um, that. That, that I think, is the theme of the whole show, what Winter says in that. Right, and that particular quote reminded me a whole lot of some things I heard. I've heard in politics, especially over the past, you know, year, where there was particularly a quote, I think, from Newt Gingrich, who said something like, you know, he was called out on some fact he said being not true. And he, was, and he said something like, you know what? It feels true. Um, and that was, like, justification for, for him for, like, you know, defending that point. And I think that that is um, very much kind of what Winter is referencing here. It's like it right. doesn't matter so much whether or not what Allie is feeling or believes is actually, you know, reality what matters is that it's her reality uh Mm -hmm. and that's what we can see here yeah i think yeah and you know obviously i told you earlier i didn't know if she actually this body was even there or not i thought she might be hallucinating it um and when we cut to the fact that it actually was a dead body and that she was able to maybe be there before he died but yet no one's there to corroborate her again um yet she's still like no one's accusing her of it Maybe we're seeing something where she actually is kind of mentally unstable enough, and maybe she is killing people, huh? Like we talked about Fight Club type of situation here. That's yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, obviously we see at the end of the episode her killing Pedro and right. I we both. I, I mean, we texted each other and had both call. I think probably everyone who's listening to this podcast like could see that setup coming from a mile away. Yeah. 
Um, but now she's, I mean, she's got some blood on her hands at this point. And maybe mm-hmm. that's another, just another part of her kind of becoming a hypocrite, you know? I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, are you going to, are we going to dive into Kai showing up at the house? Uh, not quite yet. Cause I wanted to ask you about okay. that. Well, so we had some theories that maybe Dr. Rudy Vincent was, is we've had a lot of theories about different people being in on the cult and kind of being the ones who are, cause you know, there's a lot of questions as to why Kai is particularly targeting Allie. Mm-hmm. There's the theory that, um, that a couple people have floated that Kai is actually the biological father of, um, Oz and that Allie is the biological mother or something like that and that's pretty that's why he's trying to involve himself in their family mm-hmm. um and then i you know there's the theory that dr rudy vincent is a member of the cult and that they know about Allie's fears because he has he heard them firsthand the from her yeah and he would be a perfect person to be in the cult because he everyone else tells them his fears um, and then obviously we already talked about kind of the Ivy um, theory in which, you know, I think there's still some legs to that possibly too. Um, you know, with this, the statement that Dr. Rudy Vincent makes about like, you should tell your wife about the gun and stuff like that. It just seemed very specific. I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, what would be good grounds for divorce? And then, you know, and, and Ivy getting custody of Oz over Allie. And obviously, Allie losing, having a, in, you know, terrible mental state is a pretty good foundation. But then you have her having a gun in the house and hiding it from Ivy. You have that moment where maybe she's potentially going to cheat on Ivy with the babysitter. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's, there, I think there are some legs to that argument. There I are. Do. I just don't. I mean, if all these people are in cahoots to, you know brainwash Allie in a way to convince her that she's so like why Allie like she's not that why is she this important to all these people I agree and I don't know that it's all of them um but you know I'm open to conspiracy theories what do you think of those which do you think is most likely I mean Kai and Winter seem the most likely because they were seeing them do stuff (laughs) um (laughs) I don't know I and I don't I don't think Cheyenne Jackson is the best actor, so I can't really get a re- or maybe he's so brilliant that I just can't tell, but I can't get a good read on him on what his intentions are. It's because it's really hard to believe him as a psychiatrist, because <coughs> um, I don't know how I don't know how psychiatry works. But anytime I've ever seen a therapist, it that's not how it's worked. <laughs> um, given this is a TV show. And I, I'm, I'm, I really want to wholeheartedly believe that Ivy's not involved in this, that she's just a bystander that's trying to be supportive and do good things. But, you know, it's always a good move to, um, and a trope to pick the least likely person uh, to be the culprit at the end. And that, I think at this point, still might be uh, Ivy. I but I'd like fair. to know why Allie's so important. I think that's coming. I think I've got to feel like there's more to it, right? Yeah. Um, and you kind of mentioned her, but I want to talk more about her. Uh, Winter. I mean, I can't tell you how many people. Winter's Winter's love the new her. fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. it people seems like everybody. Love her. And, and and I mean, Billy Lord is so charismatic. How could you not love her? She's great. She's a fascinating and she's a fascinating character, but she has very mysterious motivations. Right. We and don't. I, and know. that's something. <laughs> no. 
Um, my first question for you is, what does she want with Oz? Is she recruiting him to be... Because, you know, last episode she talks about how she's kind of inoculating him to fear by having, you know, making him watch this stuff on the dark web. Um, Maybe you know, she's she trying... buys him the twisty clown this time. Is she just using him as a device against the parents? Or is she actually trying to make something out of him? I think both. I think she's trying to manipulate him to um, help fan the flames of fear in his mom, Allie. Um because his fears and what's happening to him only escalates her anxiety as well as, um, you know, Ivy's too, but Allie more so because um, he's seeing things like clowns in his dreams. But also I think the whole inoculation of um, fear is trying to uh, desensitize him to it so he kind of becomes more like her and, and Kai perhaps and, and joins them as a The future. alpha beings, the yeah. fearless ones. Yeah. Right. Of of note, um, they, this gets slipped in pretty subtly. Oz's full name is not like you know. It's Oz and Yes, uh, which you know, aside from being the name of a excellent episode of Breaking Bad from the last season of Breaking <laughs> Bad, um, it is the, it was the nickname for a Greek pharaoh named Ramses the Second, or sorry, not Greek, uh, Egyptian pharaoh named Ramses the Second, um, who was basically considered like the king of kings he was this great conqueror and all this different stuff um, but it's, he's also the subject of a sonnet by percy shelley and the point of the sonnet and this is why it was applicable to breaking bad is basically even you know it's about how even all these great emperors and kings and pharaohs that can rule such vast you know have have done so much conquering and, and have come to such a claim basically at the end of the day they turn into dust and all their uh, all the things they accomplished kind of blow away in the wind and stuff like that so it, I don't know I don't know what the relevance is particularly for this but I thought that it, I think there's it's totally possible that that was just like a demonstration of Allie and Ivy's you know um, hipster ass name pretend, pretension, pretension. Yeah, yeah exactly but interesting to know the roots uh, but back to winter you know who I, I made a note of this. You know who she reminds me of, like the way she dresses and stuff like that is Wednesday Adams. I was just Adams gonna family. say Wednesday Adams. Yeah, totally. A blonde Wednesday been, Adams. Totally getting those vibes. Christina Ricci vibes yep. there. Yep. Oh, uh, so and this is why I got the idea of you know potentially <coughs> Ivy, you know, trying to work something out so that way she gets custody of Oz for some reason. What are what would be Winter's motives to flirt with Allie? Um, I think that's trying to drum up tension and drama in the marriage. You know, she's like, "Don't worry, it's our little secret." Because there's they're having issues in the marriage so far, and uh, I almost called her Wednesday. She knows them. Um, um, uh, Winter knows them though, so I think um, that's just kind of you know stirring the pot in the household. Or, I don't know. Maybe she was just horny. Or I think you know it could have also been a distraction for her to sneak the clowns into the house. Um, totally. Also, I don't know. It just seems really weird that all of a sudden Allie'd be like, "Yeah, I'm down with this," <laughs> even though I don't know. Unless again, she was drugged. Unless she was drugged, but I mean, she also talks kind of. A bit, it seems like she's in this constant. I mean, whether or not she's actually on her medication, which she doesn't seem to be at this point. Um, for whatever you know, fear she has of medication, which is kind of ridiculous because she At already seems point. like she, she talks about her being like, 
you know, feeling like she's not all the way there and like dreaming and stuff like that. It already kind of seems like that's her state of mind. So it seems like things could only get better on medication, but you know, to each their own. Um, it, it definitely seems like it could have been an instance in which Winter distracted Allie because somebody had to help get those clowns on. Excuse me, get those clowns in the house after all the bars that were put on all the windows. Right. Um, now, before we talk about the very end of this episode, Kai was not really in in this episode all that much. Um, obviously, we started off with him in, in kind of seeing the fruits of that video he had made, announcing with, his candidacy. Um, Announcing his, you know, running for Chang City Council seat, and then he comes to the door, uh, and makes that comparison. He compares himself to, you know, Germany after World War One, which seemed pretty apt for all the racial tension we have going on here. <laughs> um, I think his line is something like, "When you, you know, you have to let a humiliated man build himself up so he doesn't descend into darkness." He's talking about these like humiliated people, because um, that was something specifically he had said to Chang in the past episode too. Uh, I don't know. I think that's that's something to consider as as, as the episodes continue. Yeah. Well, and during um, this too, but I, when Allie goes to the door, like someone knocks on the door and she immediately grabs a knife and answers it. I was like, okay, homegirl, it's episode two. Like, we're already here. <laughs> Jesus, what are you going to do next episode? Oh, wait, at the end of this episode, you've already killed someone. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that how quickly, and this we mentioned this briefly before, that Allie is made into a hypocrite. In terms of, you know, Kai points it right out to her face, you know. You say you don't wall, want, you know, walls and you want to protect people and all this kind of stuff. Well, you can't even protect yourself. You put up, like, bars on all the windows of your house. You're super paranoid. You, you know, you wouldn't let me... I mean, obviously he's being aggressive, but he's, his example stands. They, like, you know, you, you're you a lot of words, but a lot of action. You want to build bridges and yet look at this new, brand new iron uh, um, door that you have installed in your home. Right, and you know, she asks him where he gets his facts, and when he says Facebook, she's critical, but at the same time, she can't say, you know, she just says, well, those facts don't sound right. She doesn't have real numbers or real stats to go off of anything. It's she tells just... him you should check the veracity of those numbers. Right, yeah. Which we all know they're probably I, I wrong, know. but like we, like, um, like um, Winter said earlier, you know, people are going to believe what they want to believe. The trick is figuring out uh, what they want to believe and giving it to them, and that's what Facebook does. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I, I mean, that's a saga that continues. Um, now, let's talk about the very end of the episode. You and I both, as everybody did, uh, saw kind of the Pedro getting shot setup coming. Um, that was a pretty, pretty intricate setup because it seemed like the clowns were not in there to, I mean, to actually hurt Allie at all. It seems like they were trying... It almost feels like she was being pushed specifically to shoot Pedro. Um, did you get that impression too? Like this was I all set up for that? <laughs> I think they were definitely pushing her. I think we had a few things happen that led to her really losing it, which is um, um, uh, Winter did a few things. She you know, did the whole bathtub sequence, which kind of was awkward and not good. Um, she abandoned uh, Allie when Allie was freaking out and needed someone, so she abandoned her, so that escalates the situation. We have Harrison coming across the street and saying it's a terrorist attack and eight states and the, with the coordination that that would take. 
if he's part of the cult, that's clearly like gonna like set her off too. On top of letting the clowns in the house to mess with her, you know that that's just like a coordinated attack on one human being um, that's gonna push her to do something. I don't know if they could have lined up um, her shooting um, Pedro because they didn't know he was gonna come over probably, unless um, <laughs> Ivy's in on it too. <laughs> but they know that she has a gun. They know that she's losing it, and she'll do something irrational at some point. Um, that's when I started writing but out. But that is could. Gonna... Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say that's when I was thinking: Is she gonna accidentally shoot Ivy? Oh shoot! No, is she gonna accidentally shoot Ozzy? And then when um, Ivy sent Pedro, I was like, "Go take this to her." I was like, "Nope, that's who it's gonna be." I mean, that's a pretty dangerous game those clowns are playing because she could have just as easily shot one of the clowns. She could have, which would have been a much more interesting thing that happened if we know who one of these people actually was. But then the story would oh, be I'm over. Sh- I have a feeling we'll start figuring it out sooner than we expect. But I do also think that, um, I don't know, it's interesting. Obviously, the clowns went and mur- went ahead and murdered the Changs, or, you know, that's the perception we get from right. Ozzy's account. But uh, they seem more interested in just kind of fucking with Allie. Uh, yeah, and again, Which again, the motivations why is she so important? for that are not exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The motivations for that are not exactly clear, and I think that's probably the biggest outstanding question right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hey, it, it's good to have outstanding questions because that's what leads us to <coughs> the next episode. Yep. So before we we uh, rate, rate this episode, I had a couple discussion questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have made a connection. Uh, some uh, who have sent Facebook messages or emails or whatever to us about um, between Ozzy. And the kid version of Michael Myers, um, who I th- in, in one of the Halloween movies I think was it's Halloween shown too. to like, you know, yeah, was shown to wear the mask and you he know, wears a clown mask. I think it's a clown mask. <laughs> yeah, when he like does his first killing or something. And so there's some suggestions that this could be an origin story for Michael Myers. Interesting uh, detail: Michael was also the name of Tate's son from season one. Who uh, it was my theory that perhaps. Ozzy was, you know, adopted, right? The um, of Tate and is biologically Tate's son from season one. Um, of course, we also have the theory that it's Kai's son, which would also, you know, be interesting too. But um, I think I just think that was something worthwhile to point out. Well, I guess again, also, if this is American Horror Story. You know, there's going to be uh, parenting themes in there, so that's very. Both those are very good um, theories. For sure. Also, um, I wanted to mention the lack of the lack of diversity on this season a little bit mm, in terms right. of, um, <coughs> and I'm wondering if that is intentional, because mm-hmm. it se- you know it seems like because you know minorities kind of play a specific role within the theme of the season, maybe there's a specific point to be made, but it is a kind of a bummer that we're missing out on some of our favorites like Angela Bassett and stuff like that because of it. I don't know. Do you think it's intentional? Right. Yeah, I think it is. Cause I don't think that, you know, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk who are generally known for trying to bring in, uh, um, a rainbow of, um, people and actors and actresses uh in their shows like i mean you look at glee it's a hodgepodge of just generally mostly white kids but um they try to get a slice of every 
face you could find in the U.S. Um, and in the past, I've been pretty good at American Horror Story with it. Yes, they aren't perfect, but I think this, especially with the political undertones of where it's stemming from, is quite the um, uh, social commentary on privileged white people and their fears and what's going on in society right now based off those political fears and the atmosphere that it's created after the 2016 election. Um, we will get um, Adina Porter as a news reporter. Um, it looks like right. next episode. But yeah, uh -huh. that's and we killed off the people of color, the the Changs in episode one, and then Pedro got you know is getting killed in this episode. So yeah, I think I think I think it's um it's uh, purposeful here. Do you think it is? Well, yeah, I think it is too, and I think that you know speaking of, I feel like. <laughs> Some active, there's been a fair number of activist groups, especially Black Lives Matter and some of those that have been critical of a lot of liberal white people who have only kind of come alive following the election and said, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, these things have been prevalent in society for much longer than, you know, November 2016. But, you know, you wait until you feel directly affected before you. Right. decide you're going to get outraged or whatever and I think that that again is demonstrated here and kind of manifest in the character of Allie so I think that, I, I agree with you I think that it, it, there is does seem to be some intention to it um, and then the last thing I wanted to ask is do you think that we will learn do you think Kai has a fear that we'll end up learning Ooh. about it seems like that would be an interesting thing um, and if so any guesses as to what it is and my se the second part of that question is do we know what winner's fear is I rewatched episode one before I watched episode two, and uh, there's a cut right there where Kai asks Winter what her fear is, and then it cuts to her In saying something about children. Yeah, children. I love children. So, I mean, I think they want us to believe. So that is she that hates her children, fear? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know if that's actually the case because she seems pretty good with Ozzy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you think we'll learn? What, I think we'll learn. Kind of I think is? we'll learn. Yeah, I think we'll learn more about Kai. And ideally, it would be great to get him a little more fleshed out so we know what his fear is, too. And it might be something as lame as, you know, um, you know, just a Democrat-run um, country. I don't know what it would be. But uh, I think we'll learn more about him. I don't know what his fear will be yet. It's not going to be something as basic as spiders, but it won't be, you know, I think it's going to be some weird, like, hierarchy type of government or something where, or societal, um, orchestrated around something that he just hates. Uh, do you think we'll find out more about his fears? I think we will, and I, I don't know, I see a trajectory of the season in which Winter is the one who ends up triumphing over Kai, not Allie or Ivy or anything. Um, kind of like a Jamie Cersei Lannister type thing. Tables. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think there's a lot more to that relationship than we realize. <laughs> I don't know that she's... While she's doing his bidding right now, I don't know that she's completely on board with his message. Right. But then again, she's teaching it to Ozzy, so we'll see. Uh, how many bottles of... Shattered Rosé, would you give this episode? Um, I think I want to change the rating system to how many um, organic beeswax candles. 
Ooh, we can just change it from episode to episode this season. I think, yeah, I think that's fine. And our back, our backup can always be clowns because there's clowns. <laughs> I think we did um, clowns during Freak Show too, maybe though. I think we did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, or it was like severed clowns' faces or something, or pigs' heads. Something like we've done some dark like stuff. Um, I will give this episode um, three and one half organic beeswax candles. I'm still on board with this season. Um, I'm not completely in on it yet. I'm so happy we've moved past the election. I'm down to be critical of um, privileged white people who say they are woke, but then when it comes to it are just as fearful uh, and not as um, active as they, you know, um, portray themselves to be. Um, so I'm really excited the direction this, this is going to go. I need a few more answers and the f- like to let me know kind of a little more of what's going on. If I was picking the show up for the first time, I would give it maybe one more episode or two more episodes before I just decided, okay, like I'm out. Um, but because I know how smart they were last season with um, the new construction of the show, I think this is going to uh, pay off in the end. So it's not a great high score, but it's not a bad score. I'm going three and a half, uh, and I'm super pumped to see what happens next week. What do you What do you give it? Well, before I give a rating, I want to <laughs> mention that we mentioned this in the preview. This um, has been publicly said as one of the seasons where they actually have had quite a bit of the season pre-written. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to believe that there's some more... Um, subtlety and subtext and like uh, interesting plot threads coming together that maybe in past seasons would have just been like things that we would have discussed in detail you and I that like wouldn't have led anywhere um, and that's kind of why I feel like, you know I feel like picking apart tiny things is maybe has a has a bigger payoff in the season um, I am going to give this episode I'm going to give it a four I gave it a really high score last week and I am still keeping it pretty high because I am continuing to appreciate kind of the um, the lack of paranormal stuff that we have going on, and I like where a lot of this is going. I I'm enjoying the characters. I think if we get too much more of you know Allie's psychosis um, without something new happening to it, that's going to get a little tired. But I feel like yeah. maybe we're turning a corner here with her starting to kind of like. Um, it's you know her defending her right to own a gun and all this stuff kind of her being transformed into something new i want to get some more information from like you know like you said why she's so special what kai's motives are um i don't know i've got a lot of i've got a lot of good questions and it it makes me want to keep watching you know and i just and of course we got to see what happens with francis conroy and so yeah pedro may not be dead right do we see him die he may not be dead. I, we jumped to conclusions there. Yeah, yeah, he may not be dead. I feel like I saw a bullet um, hole in his shoulder, so maybe he he's not dead and I just spoke crazily. And semi-spoiler alert for anybody who watched the preview, we don't see anything about that either way. Right. So it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, Allie's in jail next episode or something. We don't know. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, any parting thoughts? Bring it on. Yeah. Episode three, which I think is is titled something about the neighbor. So I think this will be uh, Billy Eichner and um, Leslie Gorsman focused, which I'm, I will enjoy. They're interesting characters. Let's see if they can neighbors be a from more hell, scary and less humorous. 
Neighbors from Hell, that's right. Um, of course, we encourage you to join us on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory, to shoot us emails at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com, and um, to rate us and review us on iTunes. We sincerely appreciate it. Chris, where can people catch you between now and next Tuesday? NC and Twitter, uh, at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? Find me on socials at TJMoss11. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining, and check you out next week. Bye, everyone. Happy hauntings.